Matthew 24. Verse 7. Matthew 24, we're getting a view of the end times here. It says in 7, 24 and 7, For nation shall rise against nation. Found out recently that nation there means ethnos, which is where we get the word ethnicity. That's going on in our world. Right. <coughs> kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places. Everybody say earthquakes. earthquakes. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. And shall kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Earthquakes are a shaking in the physical earth. Meet me now in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. If they'll get that on a screen quickly for us. Hebrews 12 and verse 27. <coughs> Excuse me. And this word. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken. As of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. That's a spiritual shaking. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I want to preach for just a few moments tonight in this place after the shaking. After the shaking. Before you're seated, find two or three people and tell them after the shaking. <laughs> we live in very stressful times. I believe the devil has launched his greatest attack against the church. The book of Daniel records, And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And I believe no truer words can be found or said than the day in which we live. Anybody who has the ability to think or read must agree that we live in days of exceptional problems. Natural disasters are in full force. We live in a time in which we see things collapsing all around us. Things that people considered durable and unshakable for years have been and continue to be shaken. Just a few weeks ago, I guess it's probably been a few months ago now, we were in church with my father-in-law in Marion, Indiana. And right in the middle of worship service, his guitar strap broke. He said, man, I've had that thing since college. <laughs> and that thing just broke on him years and years and years later. We've seen a shaking in our world and things that we used to be able to depend upon. We're not able to depend upon them any longer. Excuse me, our government is as shaky as it's ever been. Democrats and Republicans at odds and unable to work together. Hatred, malice, bitterness, and jealousy are what drive political agendas. I've not come to be political tonight, and I'm just going to tell you this. Like them or not, hate them, love them, whatever, you better pray for them. 
I said, you better pray for them. I don't ever remember living in a time where there was such disrespect for our political offices at local and national and state levels. I just wish what I heard somebody say the other day, we would be as passionate about the kingdom of God as we've been about our politics the past few months. Can you imagine where the kingdom of God might be if we'd get our mind off of some things in Washington and get them focused on the church house? There's a shaking going on in our world. Things that the Bible calls sin have been and are continuing to be legalized all over our country. Stay with me and walk with me for just a few moments tonight. The LGBT movement is as large as it's ever been. Homosexual marriage is recognized in 37 of our 50 states. Homosexuals are getting married, adopting children, and raising families in mainstream America. Churches and church organizations are even licensing them for ministry. There's a shaking going on in our world. Hollywood boasts of over 100 television shows that contain homosexual characters. The Gay and Lesbian Alliance made this quote, it is vital for networks to weave complex and diverse storylines of LGBT people in the different programs they air. More and more Americans have come to accept their LGBT family members, friends, co-workers, and peers. And as audiences tune into their favorite television shows, they expect to see the same diversity of people they encounter in their daily lives. However, this is an imbalance to reality. Because only 5% of Americans are LGBT Yet 42% of TV shows contain an LGBT character and 10% of all TV roles are LGBT. There is a shaking going on in our world. Alcohol and drug sales are at an all-time high. 33 of 50 states have legalized marijuana. Prescription drug abuse is out of control Since 1999, almost a half a million people have died by drug overdose just in America. Alcohol sales last year reached $253 billion. Every day, every day, 30 people die in drunk driving related accidents. That's one person every 48 minutes. And the most disappointing statistic about that is if a drunk driver kills a pregnant woman, he's charged with two murders. But a woman can get an abortion in any state, and it's legal. There's a shaking going on in our world. Abortion is legal in all 50 states, and recent laws in New York have permitted even late-term abortions. This form of murder is nothing new in the enemy's uh, handbag of of tools against the church ever since the beginning, ever since the days when the Israelites were in Egypt. Pharaoh tried to kill the babies. When Herod was trying to kill Jesus, he killed the babies. And today still, Satan has worked his way into a place of convenience where millions of babies are being aborted every year. There's a shaking going on. In our world. 
our physical world has been shaken. As I said earlier, natural disasters are at an all-time high. Tornadoes, hurricanes, and tsunamis are wreaking havoc across our globe. In our text, the Bible said in the last days there would be earthquakes in diverse or various places. Earthquakes are not just restricted to places like the San Andreas Fault in California, but we've experienced them here in the Midwest in the good old state of Indiana. This may be odd or sound comical to some, but I found this very interesting, Pastor. Shark attacks are at an all-time high. In 2019, just two years ago, a record high of 140 shark bites were recorded, with 64 of those attacks being unprovoked and five people dying. Now, I'm going to just say this. My chances of being shark bit go down exponentially if I stay out of the shark's house. Shark don't come to my house. I ain't a baby shark does. But there's something, even a shaking, even the sea life can feel it. There's something, there's something happening. There is a shaking going on both in the physical and in the spiritual world. Watch me here. Stay with me. There's a shaking in the spiritual world. The apostolic movement itself has been shaken by pastors and preachers who've changed the message to alter holiness, to soothe their conscience and provide an easier way to be saved. Adultery and fornication have devastated families both in and out of the ministry. Teen pregnancy is no longer shocking to hear about. Pornography is accessible to 95% of our teenagers who can see everything they want right here. When we were kids, we'd have to go looking for that stuff. Now it comes finding you as you're innocently scrolling by. And let me just say, I stood in this pulpit several years ago and I sounded the alarm on a Wednesday night to some moms and dads. And so let me sound it again tonight. You had absolutely better pay attention to the music and the apps that your kids have on their cell phone. Sister Joyce. I remember after I preached that night, you brought me Zachary's phone. You said, here, go through it. Make sure there's nothing on it. I'm telling you right now, you do your kids an injustice when you wink at it and you ignorantly think there's nothing going on. You better check. You better stay a hold of God. You better make sure you go through their bedroom. You better make sure you go through their cell phone. You better make sure you stay on top of what the enemy's trying to do. Perhaps the most devastating statistic I can give you tonight is on suicide. Every year, over 48,000 people die by suicide. That's an average of 131 people every day. But that's a drop in the bucket 
to the 1.4 million attempted suicides every year. A feeling of hopelessness and depression has grabbed a hold of this generation, making them feel like there is no other or better way. Hear me when I tell you, and I shout it from the rooftops tonight, there is a shaking going on in our world. I know this is nothing new. I know I'm probably not surprising you with statistics tonight, but just stay with me. I know where I'm going tonight. I'm not nervous at all. I wrote these notes. There's a shaking that's happened even in ourselves. I believe 2020 was a year of shaking. There was a shaking that happened in the atmosphere, both in the physical and the spiritual realm, in the kingdom of God. You may feel like your faith was even shaken. You may feel like what you went through has lied to you and told you there is no hope and God is not able. Perhaps you haven't seen God respond the way you want him to. Your faith has been shaken. You may feel even as if you don't have a friend. You're all alone and that God has absolutely forgotten about you. I often wonder, I often wonder if me from five years ago showed up right here to me, would I recognize myself? You know, the book of Ruth tells us a story of a woman whose name was Naomi. She left the house of bread. And ten years later, when she returned without her husband and without her two children, they said, is this Naomi? couldn't even physically recognize her because of the harshness of that life had dealt her. It had changed even her physical appearance. There is a shaking going on. And I do want to say this tonight. The shaking is inevitable. There is nothing you can do to stop it. There's nothing I can do to stop it. There's nothing anybody can do to stop it tonight. The Bible declares that there will be a shaking. But I've come tonight with the word of hope and a word of encouragement that after the shaking takes place, there are three things that will never be shaken. The first thing that will never be shaken, I submit to you tonight, God will never be shaken. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3 and 6, for I am the Lord and I change not. James 1 and 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I come to tell somebody tonight, you need to get a hold of something real. You need to get a hold of something that cannot be shaken. He is omnipotent. He's omniscient and he's omnipresent. Nothing takes him off guard. He's not intimidated by your struggle. In fact, the storms that scare us puts him asleep with a pillow down in the hinder part of the ship. The Bible declares he's a nail in a sure place in a world that's shaken. Why don't you grab a hold of that nail tonight? It's unshakable. Hebrews 6 and 18, that by two immutable things 
in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. We have an anchor tonight, church. Why don't you grab a hold and don't let go of the anchor in a shaking world. Grab a hold of something unshakable. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I know you've heard it before, but Buddha died and was buried. Muhammad died and was buried. Confucius died and was buried. But only Jesus died, was buried, and rose again to conquer death, hell, and the grave. I tell you tonight, church, God is unshakable. Secondly, the word will never be shaken. Anybody got a word with them tonight? Anybody got a Bible? Why don't you just wave it at me right now? Come on, the word. I said the word will never be shaken. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Mark and Luke also record the same statement. I tell you tonight, there is an all-out attack on the word of God, but it will never, never, never be shaken. Heaven and earth are going to pass away, but there's something unshakable about the very word of God tonight. They've taken it out of schools. They've taken it out of the courthouse. And just wait. Coming soon to a church near you. They're going to try to take it out of the church. Thy word. Can I tell you why? This, this ain't revelation. This is, just, this is just simple preaching. The reason why it's so easy for some people to sin. They ain't got the word hidden in their heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart. And if you think, God help me, if you think that you can come to church on Sunday and Wednesday and that be your diet of word in your life, good luck on judgment day. That's all I'm going to tell you. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm trying to help somebody tonight. We have got to fall in love with this word. Look, give us this day our daily bread. Okay? Now watch me here. In the wilderness, the Lord provided a daily bread for his people. He provided fresh manna every day. He said, I want you to partake of this for six days. Don't you dare try to store it up. I'll let it go bad. The only day I'll let it carry over is on the Sabbath. The day before the Sabbath, you collect double enough for you and your family so you don't have to collect on the Sabbath. The idea was fresh bread every day, and then on the Sabbath, you live off of the overflow. We've reversed the system. We show up on the Sabbath and say, Give me food, Pastor, give me bread. 
And then I want that to sustain me the rest of the week. When the plan of God was you get word every day and then you show up on Sunday and live off of the overflow. And if we could ever get it right, if we could ever open up the Bible every day and get it in our spirit and live off of that, we could show up on Sunday and pastor could stop preaching to saints and start preaching to sinners. There is an attempt to subvert and change the word of God stronger now than ever before. Now, I'm going to say this, and Pastor can correct me if I'm wrong. But Stephen Gill, much like yourself, I'm a student of the Word. I ingest it every single day. And when I'm studying, I like to look at different translations and different interpretations. But as a rule, I have to be very careful about what I read when it comes to the Bible. You may have seen this before, but humor me tonight. The NIV Bible are taking out words and omitting scriptures. The Bible records in the King James, Luke 9 and 56, for the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. The NIV translation says he and his disciples went to another village. Acts 8, 36, King James through 38. As they went on their way, they come into a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. In the NIV, verse 37 is completely gone. Which says, if thou believest with all thine heart. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Completely gone. Omitted completely. The NIV Bible leaves out 64,000 words. There are over 40 verses completely gone. The words mercy seat, Jehovah, Godhead, Lucifer, Calvary are nowhere to be found. The word hell, which appears 54 times in your King James Bible, is reduced to just 13 times in the NIV. I'm telling you, there is an attack on the word of God in our world today. I'm rising to sound the alarm in this house tonight across this globe. We better fall in love with the word of God. You better open it up. You better read it at your house. You better plead it over your children. You better quote it all day long. You better get it inside your spirit. And finally, and finally, the last thing that will never be shaken, God's church will never be shaken. Matthew 16, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hear me when I tell you, people will fail. 
pastors will fail, but God's church will always stand. God's always going to have a remnant. He'll always have a church that is simply unshakable. Come on, somebody, would you believe it with me right now? You're a part of the greatest institution in the, in the earth today. God's church will never be shaken. I'm rising to declare to somebody on this Sunday night, you better grab a hold of something in a shaking world. You better grab a hold of something that's unshakable. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. <laughs> I know, I know, you said, Brother Monday, I, I know churches that have shut down, and I know you're right. Well, then how can you say his church will never be shaken? Hear me, just because a building closes its doors and just because flesh walks away doesn't mean God's church has folded up. God's church is alive and God's church is well. What God's church needs is some voices of those who are active in that church to cry out, to cry out and pray unto the Lord. Grab a hold of something that's unshakable tonight. Since the birth of the church in Acts, God has always, always had a remnant. And he's coming back for a church that has made herself ready. As I wind down tonight, I want to share something with you. You may or may not have seen this just a two or three years ago. With the recent natural disasters... It's really, it's really funny that this past year with the big C, we hadn't seen or heard much about natural disasters. But just a few months ago, a couple years ago, Columbia, Mississippi, a tornado swept through that city and it devastated a church. I have the picture. If you want to put that up, Brother Tyler. You can see the pastor and his wife there, and the church has absolutely been devastated. Collapsed. The building almost gutted by a horrendous wind. That blew through there. Just leveled it. Go ahead and go to that next slide. Took the roof off. Destroyed that entire building. But pastor, I don't think it's a coincidence. You can say, Brother Monday, you're reading too much into this. Brother Monday, you're trying to uh, incite emotionalism. But it astonishes me, and it shouldn't, but it blows my mind that when that wind blew through there and it leveled that church, when they go to the next slide right here, one thing remained standing. (laughs) 
You can say whatever you want to say. You can believe whatever you want to believe. But I believe that sacred desk where week in and week out, the word was going forth. That when those winds come through there and begin to knock everything down, when they come up against that pulpit where the sacred word was preached, it said, whoa, we got to go around. There's something unshakable about this desk. Hear me when I tell you, you can't shake the word. Get a hold of something real. Grab a hold of the eternal tonight. I would to God. Somebody would find an anchor in your word tonight. Somebody would grab a hold of something that will not be shaken. I told told this story the other night. I remember Sister Joyce McGee. I was a young kid you and Dave took me on vacation with you. Took me to Pigeon Forge. We were driving the strip there. And I seen bungee jumping, $60. I said, come on, Dave, that's me and you right there. And it wasn't me and Dave, it was me. They took me up there on that elevator. Walked out over that. They had an inflatable thing down there, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> had that bungee cord, and they had this long yellow, I guess it was like, the best way I can describe it was one of those pool noodles. Yeah. And I said, what do I do with this? <laughs> and he said, well, just leave it behind you and jump. I said, okay. So I jumped. And as soon as I jumped, and I mean just as quick as I left solid ground, I grabbed a hold of that thing for dear life. (laughs) Hit the end of the cord, bobbed back up. I'm clinging on with everything I got. I finally got down. They said, for $10, you can go again. I said, well, let's just do that right now. I walked back up there. I told that guy, I said, I don't want to hold on to that thing. He said, well, then don't. I said, I feel like I'm just going to grab it. He said, put it between your legs. Sounds good. I jumped, and guess what I did? That may be funny, but if all I got, and I'm free falling in this world, God, let me grab a hold of that thing for all I'm worth. Let me grab a hold of the word. Let me grab a hold of the church. Let me grab a hold of something that's real. Let me grab a hold of something that's genuine. I come to tell you tonight, media's gonna lie to you. The news is gonna lie to you. Politicians are gonna lie to you. Man's gonna lie to you. But there's something true about the word of God. God is not a man that he should lie. Grab a hold of something real tonight. Pastor, y'all remember. And for those of you that remember and were here that night, I'm sorry, you'll have to hear this again. I sat right there as missionary. Terry McFarlane yeah. preached in this pulpit. I'll never forget it. I wept like a baby that night. Yeah. He got up, he greeted this church, he started recalling. 
former days when his family and many families even from this church walked away to sell out for something that was easier, that was more convenient. He said, this is what my family wanted right here. But we took an easier route. He said, through all the hell that they went through, Brother Terry and his wife and his kids made it back. He serves as a missionary for the United Pentecostal Church in the country of Ireland now. He said, he come to Anderson one night. He said, I went over to that church building. My first memories of church are in that building. I remember it well. He said, it was all boarded up. The dream that a man had sold out, cheapened the message. And it wasn't long until it just imploded from the inside out. The building emptied out. The roof was caving in. All boarded up. Brother McFarland said, I grabbed a crowbar. And I went to that front door. My wife said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going in there. She said, you can't do that. He said, you just watch me. He said, he ripped at her, walked through that door. Walked down that hallway, nursery on the right. Bathrooms there in the back corner of the church on both sides. He said he walked to the front. The roof had caved in and there was snow still sitting on the pulpit. Brother McFarland said, I sat down in the front row. Seats were still there. And I began to weep. He said, I began to thank God for what he had brought me from and what he had delivered me from. He said, sitting there on the front row, weeping. He reaches over. And there on the front seat next to him is a Bible. He looked at that Bible and thought, man, that looks familiar. What are the odds that he opened up the page and his name was on that Bible? It was his Bible as he was a kid in that church or a young man in that church. Through everything that he went through, left, come back, everything that he went through, he was able to say the word of God was still there. Everything else faded. The building was falling apart, but there was something sustaining. There was something real. There was something genuine and solid about the word of God. I'm telling you tonight, church, you cannot shake the unshakable word of God. never ever thought I'd live in a world where I couldn't trust so many things I never thought I'd see the day when you couldn't believe anything you saw in the news or on the newspaper you can't believe half the stuff you see on social media you don't know what to believe anymore what a horrifying time to live in when your faith is so shaken that's why I'm preaching tonight so hard I believe in a world that's full of undurable and shakable things we must as the body of Christ we've got to grab a hold of something that will sustain Something that's sure. Something that's durable. I have one more picture to show you in just a second. 
A friend of mine sent this to me. I was telling him about this message. It said a tornado, I believe it was Alabama, swept through the, the state of Alabama and destroyed this lady's home. I mean, took, the, took everything off the slab. I'll show you in just a second. Everything is gone. Just the slab remains. Except for a corner. Go ahead and put that picture up, Brother Tyler. That was her prayer closet. You believe it? Don't believe it? I believe with all my heart every day when she went to that closet to offer some praise and prayer unto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that she built a hedge around herself in that closet and when the winds of the physical world and the winds of doctrine begin to blow and it tried to knock it down it was the only thing that remained standing. I'm telling you only what you do for Christ will last Stand with me all over this house. I'm telling you tonight, church, it's time to stop playing games. It's time to stop playing church. It's time uh, uh, to stop uh, hurling the fence or, or straddling the fence rather. It's time to pick a side. I want to know tonight who's on the Lord's side. Somebody ought to draw a line in the sand. So I'm going to tell you what, before you come, if you got a Bible, I want you to bring it with you tonight. If you got a word, I want you to bring it with you. Come on, some of you are already doing it. I know some of you rely on the screen and that's fine. But if you got a Bible tonight, I want you to grab a hold of it. As they come to the music and sing whatever they feel tonight, I want you to fall in love with that word again. You ought to embrace it. You ought to embrace it right now. Hold it dear to you right now. It's the only thing. God, his word and his church is the only thing that will last after the shaking. I'm afraid that if I'm too far from it, when the wind begins to blow, if I don't have a hold of something, the altar, the word, the church, God, if I don't have a, a, a tight grip, listen, listen, I, I, I'm telling, let me talk to some young people right here. Listen, there has got to be, there has absolutely got to be a release of some things that you're holding on to that you feel like are so dear. I'm telling you, I, I know you say, well, you're just old and you don't know what you're talking I'm telling you, at some point, you have got to start letting go of temporal things. I'm not telling you you got to lay up in the room and read the Bible 24 hours a day, although that do some of us some good. But the fact of the matter is, if I got a tighter grip on temporal and worldly things, and I don't have a tight enough grip on this, there, Pastor, I've heard you say this a million times in this pulpit, there is nothing worth going to hell over. 
There's not a relationship worth going to hell over. There's not enough temporal pleasure, and I'll just leave it right there, worth going to hell over. There's not a video game system worth going to hell over. There's not a cable television worth going to hell over. There's not a cell phone worth going to hell over. There's not a computer, a job. There's nothing, a career worth going to hell over. This preacher has showed up and I'm pleading with you tonight. You've got to let go. Let go of such temporal, meaningless things. Elvis, come here. Come and help me. Gil, come help me. Hold that right there like that. But Stephen, come grab this hand. Everybody see that? This is the span of your life from conception to eternity. From conception all the way to the end of eternity. I know we can't measure it, but if we could, this is where it stops right here. This little inch right here is your time on earth. While the rest of this spans eternity. Yet we pour 90% and invest 90% of ourselves in our lives in that one inch and only 10%. Look at the imbalance. Look how messed up the equation is. I've got to reverse it. I've got, at some point, I've got to be investing in this and not so much this little inch down here. I've got to let go of some things that don't mean anything. Only what you do for Christ will last. I wonder right now all over this house if we could just lift our hands. Come on, lift one hand. If you got your Bible, I want you to hold it dear. I want you to embrace it right now. I want you to tell God, I need your word. God, help me to get it inside my spirit. Help me, Lord, to fall in love with your church once again. Help me, God, to fall in love with you once again.